Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Samach Beis and Masechas Ksubos. This is the daf, the single daf from Ksubos that I quote the most, um, and Shavar Brachos, as we'll soon see. Um, I don't quote the Mishnah on Samach Aleph Amid Beis. That's where we're starting. The uh, that's where we're starting because I can't figure out exactly where else to start because the Mishnah is going to be. Uh, addressed uh, in the Gemara, and the Mishnah is discussing the following. Just like we had in the Mishnah on Nun Tes, where we talked about um, different re- um, arrangements that the husband can make a nether, that the wife shouldn't work for him, um, and or she, she he, he doesn't need to support her, she doesn't have to work for him. That was all the discussion last week. Now this week, we are beginning after a uh, holiday weekend, the, to discuss the following. Hamadir says the Mishnah, Hamadir shamita. So this is an interesting thing. The husband is going to make a nether. Okay. The nether is going to prohibit his wife mitashmeshamita. Okay, from cohabitation with his own wife. So what does that mean? So Rashi right away on the Mishnah says, what he's saying is that he is ossering, he's saying to his wife, I will not, I cannot have any honor from you to his wife. In other words, even though, the, as Rashi points out, there is a Torah prescription where a husband is, per, is right, obligated to provide she'er ksos ve'ona, as we've discussed, which means right, he has to support her, he has to clothe her, uh, we just talked about what she'er was, and ona, right, lo yigra, he's not allowed to take that away, right? And so even though that's the case, so the fact of the matter is that if you, right, give a certain amount of time, then he's going to enable, it's going to enable him to make the vow. Let's see this first wide line in Rashi. Bechama Omrim, and then we'll go back into the mission. Bechama Omrim, Shtei Shabbosos, Im Hidira Shtei Shabbosos, Tamtin, Vim Yoter, Yatsi, Veisin, Ksuba. This is where we understand exactly what's going on, and it'll set us up for the rest of the daf. In other words, the whole criteria is as follows, that if he says, so for example, if he says, a specific vow. I will not have right um, relations with you for two days. So, according to both Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, that is okay. He, she, she, Tamtin, as Rashi says, she can wait two days. Why could you wait two days? Because unlike Sher Vixus, where he says like uh, you can't have any clothing, right, or any food or whatever, any support, whatever Sher would mean for two days. So people can't go on and survive two three days without. Right, clothing and food and shelter, that would not be an acceptable uh, arrangement. That would be against what the Torah said. However, even though the Torah also obligates a husband to, um, for, uh, with the obligation of Ona, right, which would mean to have relations, that is an obligation that a husband has to the wife, even though that's the case, right, it doesn't mean every day. It's an obligation, but it's not an, not an everyday obligation. And therefore, the topic of this Mishnah is what is the normal interval? That's the topic of the Mishnah. And as Rashi outlines on this uh, first wide line on the bottom, if you say, so for example, if the normal interval would be a week, so then after a week, right, so then if he stipulated more than a week, that would be mevatal luxuba, that would be ground for, uh, for divorce, right? You, she would be able to uh, request a, a divorce in luxuba. However, if the interval was less than what is supposed to be the prescribed interval, so then she should just wait. She can't demand a ksuba because after all, right, he's not really obligated uh, to give her the honor every single day. 
And so that's the Machlokas Beicham Beisilel. What is the normal interval in between uh, the, these uh, cohabitations? So Beicham Omrim Shtei Shabbasos, there's two weeks in between. And Beisilel Omrim Shabbas Echad. And Beisilel says one week. Right? So again, if the, all, all it has to do is say, make a nether that he's, there's going to be no Ona. Uh, more than one week, and then she can sue him for and uh, for the ksuba, okay, and divorce him. Fine. So now that's in. We'll see in a specific case because, as we'll see, different right occupations, uh, different scenarios require a different interval. As follows: Says the Gemara. So this is what he's saying over here: that if you're a talmud chacham, then you go, and it is customary to go learn. Every thirty days, yeah. What for three days? They didn't have. To, they said stay away from the ladies for three. Days. Oh, oh no, no! You're talking about. Oh, so you're talking about Matan Torah. Yeah. He says. He says that you should. You're supposed to do the Shlosh Shemeh Hagvala. You're not supposed to be with your wife for three days. Okay, but those three days don't. That's that's a short ter amount of time. I thought you were going to ask something else, which Tosa was going to ask. Yeah, in a minute. They, you know, have complete no. Nothing like Moses divorced his wife. Okay, so no. So Moshe Rabbeinu, that was the topic uh, that Miriam spoke about Lashon Hara with with Aaron. How could it be, right, that he's not with his wife? So that's a very, very unique case is Moshe Rabbeinu. But we're talking about now what would be, well, what you're bringing up is that we're talking about what would be the typical, right? In other words, what would be the normal situation? Clearly, Moshe Rabbeinu was a very abnormal situation, and Shalosh Hashimah was less than a week anyways, but that was also a unique situation where Hashem prescribed it as such. But, but what would be... they prescribed don't eat, don't drink, yeah? What they prescribed no, they didn't say, love, you know? They, they didn't say don't eat, don't drink, um, but, they, but they did have certain preparations at, uh, at Maimad Har Sinai. Okay, so now, the Talmidim go out to learn Tarsh Shalobi Shalosh That's what I want. I want my Musa for the day. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. So 30 days is for Talmidim. And so workers, like laborers, laborers, it's once a week. Okay. Now, again, as Tosus points out, um, the bottom one on Samach Alpha Bay is that when the Talmidim go out, so that's what it means. It means that even though, right, we just said that the Machlokas Becham Becillel, are you allowed to um, sort of with withholding, uh, what's the longest interval? It would be a week or two weeks, and we'll see soon in the Gemara what they base that amount of time on. So then what's this talking about? So it's saying that culturally, and as we'll see in the Gemara, if the wife, let's say, marries a certain type of laborer, right? A girl marries a guy, and it's known that based on his line of work, he's away, or he's a sailor, or he's a businessman. He's away for a week, he's away for 30 days, he's away for six months. But she marries him with that understanding, so then it's almost like she has accepted it, right? This is all about what will be the accepted um, interval that we can expect the wife to expect. And so that would depend, again, on the cultural uh, situation, on the specific occupational situation. And so Tamir HaKachamim used to customarily go for every 30 days. Okay. And therefore, they don't even need to have special permission, right? That's the other way. She can be mochel, as we'll see in the Gemara, she can be mochel, but then it's a question, is she being mochel because she wants to be nice? Is she being mochel sincerely? Uh, we will see. Anyway, 
Now Rabbi let's Akiva go further. Ah, uh, uh, Rabbi Akiva. Uh, so let's get what we, let, let's keep going because hopefully we'll get to him. So what is this? So now the Mishnah is getting down to it. What is this ona that we're talking about? The ona technically means time, right? A time period. So what is that time period interval that the Torah says? So interestingly, hatayalin bechol yom. The Gemara will discuss who are these tayalin. Tayalin sounds like travelers. Okay, every day. Laborers, again, twice a week, where over here we had said Po'alim so this is all depending on what kind of work you have. So we'll see in the Gemara. The camel drivers, right? So presumably they're going out further into the desert, so they're only coming out once in 30 days. And Hasapani, Machas Hashisha Chadashim, there's the sailors, once in six months, they're going out at sea. This is all of the words of Rebeliezer, and we'll see uh, what the Chachabim hold and who we hold like. Okay, so now the Gemara is my time at the Beit Shammai. Where did Beit Shammai get this one week, uh, this two weeks rather, versus Beit Hillel doing one week? So says the Gemara, we know, right, as Rashi points out on the third line, right, that we see that it's Derech Eretz, to wait two weeks. How do we know? Because when a woman, the Torah says, has a nekeva, she has to wait two weeks before she can cohabit with her husband again. The Torah would not, right, derech eretz, um, the Torah would not ask us to wait two weeks if it were out of the norm, and that's the source of Beit Shammai's two weeks. Now, you could say, wait a minute, that's a really unique case. She just gave birth. But that, that's not, we might end up saying that, but in the meantime, at least we see that the Torah is willing to wait two weeks in that context, okay? Basil says he learns it from the male, because after all, if a woman gives birth to a woman, if, uh, right, if a woman gives birth to a female, she waits two weeks and then waits another, right, and gives the korban after 88 days, whereas if she gives birth to Zachar, Ishaki Tazria, Zera, right, then she waits one week and then gives the korban in 44 days. So, so the, the question is, though, wait a minute. <laughs> if they're both learning it from the same Parshas Tazria, uh, so then shouldn't they still agree with Beit Shammai and go with the long, longer interval? He should go with the longer interval, because after all, it, he can't say, oh, this one has the source from the longer interval of women. This has, has the source from the shorter interval of, of the male, if she had a male. Because after all, once the Torah already has the longer interval, Basil should agree with Beit Shammai. That's what the Gemara asks. Says the Gemara, If we're going from the same Parsha of the Torah, of the Yoledes, so then the longer Parsha would make more sense. So the Gemara says, That's a good enough question that we're going to have to concede. That if we're actually learning from the Parsha of Yoledes, then it's true. Beis Hillel would agree with Beit Shammai that the interval will be two weeks. Basil learned from something else. Nida, right? Because a Nida typically has to wait one week. That, um, okay. And therefore it is from there that Basil holds that that's the typical inter- interval. So wait a minute. So then what are they arguing about? Why is one, why does the Beit Shammai learn it from the, the Yoledes and Basil learn it from the Nida? So, yeah. Basil learns the most common thing. In other words, why would you learn from a Yoledes, right? A Yoledes just gave birth. So, of course, you can understand. That would be the more uh, atypical uh, scenario. And if we're there, you wait an atypical amount of time, namely two weeks. But in a normal scenario, you wait one week. And therefore, when the husband is uh, Moder Hana, 
it would be make more sense that he would base it on the usual shchiach, the usual more common interval, which is a week. Whereas Umar Sava, whereas Beit Shammai holds midi dehu garim la, midi dehu garim la. Right, Beit Shammai is saying like this. This is a couple of ways to understand this. Rashi says who garim la, right? That that the neder when it comes to the regular menstrual cycle, so that's mimela, right? In other words, that happens every, right, every month, typically, right, on a regular cycle. So if that happens every month on a regular cycle, so then that's not atypical. It's almost like because that's a natural amount, that is why we do it, but not for the reason of some atypical thing that the husband caused. And therefore, Beit Shammai thinks that when withholding uh, the maximum should be more patterned, not after the usual thing that happens every every month that is unavoidable, but rather, but the one thing that is actually, Dafka, the more unusual thing is the thing that should be more common to that which is more unusual, which is namely a vow. So in other words, when you make a nether, that is a more unusual event, and therefore it should be patterned after the more unusual event, namely the birth of the child, after which you wait two weeks. So it's a fascinating sort of like machlokas between the perspective of Basil and Beit perhaps more so on the mentality of a nether more than anything else, right? That the, what is the mentality of a nether? Does the husband make a nether based on that which is more uncommon and more within, so to speak, his controls? Rashi explains this is something that he causes in a, right, albeit in a indirect way, but he's, he caused, right, the birth of this child, and therefore, is that his intention? And therefore, we go by the two weeks, like Beit or is it according to the most common interval um, which is his intention according to base Hillel. Fine. Oh. And give the woman just a few dollars, say here, feed the kids and good luck, you know. Right, so, so, uh, like so, you're, Kiva, so you're bringing up Rabbi Kiva. So if we keep going, we're going to get to um, not just Rabbi Kiva, but you will see other Tanaim who had the practice of going away for a longer period of time. Well, As we will see, we famously know the story of Rabbi Kiva went away for 12 years when he got married, and we say, wow, that's really out of the ordinary, but we see that that was actually the more or less common practice in those days, to go away for 12 years and learn. So what do you do with that? If you can't even make another for one versus two weeks, what's this 12 years business? We'll get to it, God willing. So, okay, so I'm a Rav. Machlokas ben Farish, bless you. So Rav points out, Machlokas, regarding this Machlokas Becham Vesilel, this machlokas b'sham b'sil is only if he's actually specifying a week or two weeks. Aval b'stam. Let's say he just says, "I moda har from you, and there'll be no ono." Divir akol yotzi la'altavitim ksuba. In other words, the case is not where he says, "I moda har from ona," and then we say, "Okay, she only has grounds for divorce after a week or after two weeks." No, 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 no. If he says explicitly mefarish that it's a week or two, so then depending on whether you hold like b'sham b'sil, we're going to allow right this. Uh, condition to, to, and this nether to stand. But if he just says the nether, um, and he doesn't qualify it at all, right, if he says it categorically, so then the ksuva can be given right away, immediately. So that was Rav. Shmuel says, no, this machlokas is even if he doesn't specify, you wait until the normal interval. Shema yimtza pesach lenidro. Because after all, he says categorically that he, uh, is not, that he's moder hana, but, it's the heat of the moment. Something happened. They broke some dishes. They were everyone was upset. But wait a week or two. Don't just be, uh, be divorced and get the ksuba right away. And he'll probably end up regretting. He'll go to, to a chacham and he'll 
be, and, and he'll regret it. And therefore, uh, Shmuel holds that even if he says so categorically, we wait the interval and the Machlokas Bechan Beisilil still applies as to how long we wait. However, the Gemara says, This Machlokas Rav Shmuel as to whether this uh, Machlokas Bechan Beisilil has to do with uh, whether he says so categorically or actually uh, specifies a week or two is Machlokas that we already had. We already had it? I don't recall. Well, that's because we didn't have it yet. We're going to have it in about a week and a half on Daf Ein. And the Mishnah there states as follows. So there he's right? His wife can't have Anah from him for 30 days. Yamid Parnas. So this is where uh, Rashi points out, we bring up somebody who can support her. Okay. Right? She Yazunota. Right? And Yosem Mikan, Right? So beyond that, she has grounds for divorce. It's interesting why the month he could support her for a month. Okay. The Amarav lo shanu el bin farish. In a week and a half, we're going to talk about exactly what this financial arrangement is. But be that as it may, there was machlokas Rav Shmuel even there with regards to whether he specified the thirty days. So, so over there, Rav says that 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 the only time you give ksuba is if he specified thirty days. Aval bistam ksuba. So you see the same exact machlokas Rav Shmuel there as well as we will see on Daf Ein. That there, there's also machlokas whether he has to give, uh, where Rav says that if he doesn't specify how long he's moider hanan for, for her, so then he has to, she can actually ask for ksuba right away. Whereas Shmuel Amar, afilu bistam nami yamtin. Then even if he says stam, you wait how long? 30 days. Why 30 days? Shema pesach He might change his mind. So we see, the question of the Gemara at this point is, we already have this machlokas Rav Shmuel about the mefaresh versus whether it has to be Stam. And if we have the Machlokas there on Daf Ein, why do we need to have the same Machlokas over here on Daf Salamach Aleph? So says the Gemara, Tzvi Chadi, Yit Marbaha, Behalkam, Arav Mishim, Delef, If you're going to stay only in our case, then maybe in our case, right, only there Rav would not have said the altar because it's just money. In other words, Behalkam, Arav Mishim, Delef, Shabbat in other words, you, a partner, as Rashi points out, a finance can't take over for the owner, right? He can only take over for the monetary things. So, but in that case, the Efshar Bifarnes, so maybe in the case, and Afain, Rav, who would agree with Shmuel, right, that you're going to, because uh, over there it's just money, so let her wait, right? Um, because after all, the Parnes is really a, right, a, a good surrogate over there, because he's actually taking, she doesn't necessarily care who is she being supported by? And therefore, even Rav would agree to the weight. And the, the converse is also true, but for the same reason, right? right? And if you say only in that case, maybe only in that case, if you only had the case of the Parnas, the mission on Dafayin, you would say that it is only in that case that Shmuel would say that even if you say it's Stam, you can wait. But maybe Shmuel would have been moded to Rav in our Mishnah, right? Right? That in our case, you can wait the interval for the same reason, because there you can't use a, right, farnes, sutsricha. It's for that reason that the two cases are so different, and that's why you need to have the machlokas ravishmol mentioned in both, because the fact that they're applicable to both is actually a chiddush, right? The fact that it can apply both to a case of uh, ona and to a case of monetary support, those two cases are so different when it comes to whether you get a shliach to take over for you, that it would be requiring to mention the Machlokas Rav Shmuel in both of those cases. Fine. So now, we're at the very bottom line on Samachalaf and Beis and Talmidin Yotzin and Thomas. We're going to talk about this interval. So says the Gemara, 
Up until now, we said, so that's the Shalobir Shus. That's the idea. That if, that that's, right, because that's what we said in the Mishnah, that they don't need to ask permission if they're going for, for 30 days. But what if their wives did give permission? If they're mochel, a wife can be mochel ona. So that's what the Gemara wants to know. Bershus, comma, there is a certain limit even when they're mochel. What would be the, the amount? Well, maybe not, there is no limit. Kama debai. What do you mean? If they're mochel, they're mochel, then you can go for as long as you can. So the Gemara wants to know, urcha de milsa, comma. No, as we finally arrive at Samach Beis Amadalf, what would be a proper interval that would be appropriate to leave even with their permission? As Rashi says, Derech, top Rashi, Samach Beis Amadalf. Derech Eretz, Shaloisa Alav Chait. Right? This is like, even if he can sweet talk her into getting a, uh, a longer interval, what would be the normal interval to expect? Interesting. Okay. Now, here's where Tosfus asks Garano, it's his question from the rest of the Mishnah, and he says, wait a minute. What, uh, that, that's what Rashi says. But even Tomar, if you're going to say, and as we'll see, not just Rabbi Kiva. How did they go for 12 years? And in Rabbi Kiva's case, 24 years. So the Yishlomar, that was different. The Hassan below Right? In other words, in that case, they, their, the wife's main concern was that their husband become a Tam Chacham. And it wasn't just that she allowed it. She literally married Rabbi Kiva almost like on the condition that he goes to learn for 12 years. So it all has to do with the wife's mentality. Unbelievable. But here we're talking about under a case where we don't know what the wife's attitude is. What would be a normal interval? So it says the Gemara, I'm a Rav Chodesh Khan Chodesh Babais. Shenemar, it says in different Yomim, the Pasuk, Lechol Dvar, Machlokas, Habav, Ayotzes, Chodesh B'Chodesh, Lechol Chodesh, Okay, this is uh, with David HaMelech, um, where he's talking about um, the different divisions of his, um, right, uh, for, for war, they're entering and, and going out of Miluim, what we call in Israel, right? So the Miluim calendar was a month on, a month off, and therefore that seems to be the interval. One month on, one month off, okay? Rabbi Yochanan is talking about the case of uh, Shlomo HaMelech, where Shlomo HaMelech, David Melech's son, building the base of Mikdash, had a kind of a, like a building Toranut, right? A interval where you would be on for a month and then be home for two months. Okay. Shinamar, Chodeshiyu Balvanon, Shnaim Chodeshim Beveso. Right? That's what it says in Malachim Aleph that one month they were working on the base of Mikdash and then two months they were working, they were home. So, so, mind you, the interval of how much they're away from home is the same. It's a month. But how much time do they have to be in home between? Machlokas, one month or two. Okay. So the Gemara says, Rav Nami, my time alone, Mari. Wait a minute. Maybe Rav should also require you to be home for two months. So the Gemara says, shiny binyan Right? That there were enough people. And that's why, um, since there's so many people that, that you could break it up into a Taranut of being home for two months, so why not do that? And therefore, Rav is saying, the two-month thing was not because of any concern that, oh, you have to be home for another two months if you're going to work on the base of Mikdash for a month. It's simply they had enough people to break it up so that you could be home for two months. Uh, but it had nothing to do with the, right, what the halacha should be of how long you need to be home, okay, in between intervals. Where, and now, so conversely, Rabbi Yochanan, my time, so Rabbi Yochanan, why did he not learn, right, from the one-month, one-month uh, pasuk? By Malachim Aleph, so it says shiny hasam the Islehar 
Harvacha. Yeah, there it was different because when they used to work for the king, uh, in that context, there was so much money that he to be made that it was worth it and the wife would be okay with him being away for a month even though he was only home for a month. Right. Like all the different scenarios, Barry, that they have in, in the, uh, when you commute from Ramat Beit Shemesh. Um, so there's all kinds of in- commuters. Some are gone all week and they're just home for Shabbos. Some are gone two weeks on, two weeks on, two weeks off. You know, all these things. And they're making money in America and they're living an American lifestyle in Israel. So the women are happy for them to do that, uh, presumably. Okay. Now, Amarav, uh, This is a non sequitur. It's a machlokas Rav and Yochanan um, about a different issue, which is depression. A sigh. A sigh. Does it break a man in half or does it co- break him completely? Anacha is a sigh. So Rav holds it breaks him in half. Shanema Vatsa ben Adam. Ben Adam is referring to Yechezkel. Te'anach b'shivron masnaim v'miros te'anach. You will sigh with a shat. Shivros masnaim. Your loins will be broken and bitterness you'll sigh. So shivron masnaim sounds like breaking you in half. Whereas Rabbi Yochanan says, no, a sigh can break your whole body. When they ask you, why are you sighing? Why are you depressed? Again, in Yechezkel, to hear your whole heart and all your hands, and all your nefesh, and, and your knees will turn to water. Everything, you'll be weak at the knees, at the heart, at the, at, in your soul. So it just breaks you down completely. So the Gemara asks, Rabbi Yochanan Nami, Aktiv Shivar Masnaim. Why does Rabbi Yochanan say that a sigh of depression breaks you completely? Where in a different context we say it just breaks you in half. So the Gemara says, Yeah. First it breaks you in half, and then that's the beginning of the crack in the armor where eventually you just fall apart completely. Aha. Okay. So Rav sees that the pasuk in Yecheskel says that it breaks you completely. So why is he stopping and saying that the pshat is that it breaks you only in half? So answers the Gemara: Shiny Shmuel, the base of Mikdash, Takifa Tuva. Yeah, that second context where you broke down and turned into mush completely—that's when he talks about the Shmuel that the base of Mikdash destroyed. That's a harder than usual news. So yeah, there's there's depression because the Yankees lost. Uh, that'll break you in half. Or the, then there's the pressure of the base of Mikdash, which actually means something. That could destroy you completely. So now the Gemara says a story. Who is Shrov over Kacham Devkaz, the Urcha Behadi Adadi? A Jew and an Ovid Kacham are walking, and the Ovid Kacham can just, he cannot keep up with the super Jew. He can't keep up with the Jew. So he wanted to slow the Jew down, so he mentioned to him, he knew this Gemara, so he mentioned to him that the base of Mikdash was destroyed, thinking maybe that'll depress the Jew and he'll slow him down. Sure enough, the Jew, he hears him growing and sighing, and yet, and he still can't catch up. The guy can't, still can't catch up with the Jew. So he says to the Jew, right, he's going at least with the Chatsi Gufo. Right, he, said, he mentioned the base of Mikdash. Uh, he should have gotten the full Gufo according to this uh, Teretz that we said. But be that as it may, it didn't slow him down at all. So he says, isn't this supposed to slow you down, this depression? So the Jew said to him, yeah, a new, if you told me something new, tell me something I don't know. If you told me something new, then the extra new depression would break me down. Yeah, but we are already well-versed in this unfortunate situation of the destruction of Basin Mikdash. And for better or for worse, we're uh, used to it already. Once you've learned, right, if, you're, if you've been accustomed to certain bereavement, you're no longer shocked. Nothing shocks you anymore. 
So Rahman al-Atzlan, right? When people are in a time of real calamity and they're used to the shock, so then they no longer get uh, affected by it anymore. Okay. So now, the Mishnah said Tayalin, they cohabit every single day. So my Tayalin, who are these Tayalin? So I'm a Rava, Bnei Pirke. The guys in the local kolos, right? Because they're in the local kolos, so they're not traveling, so they're every night. So I'm going to buy man d'ksiv behu. On them, the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Shav lachem meshkimei kum achrei sheves ochel lachem ha'atzavim. It's vain, it's shav, for you to rise early, you sit up late, you eat the bread. Ken yiten lidido sheina. This is uh, a kasha. He says, Man who is this written about this? What's going on here? It's hard to totally tell, but it sounds like don't rise early, sit up late, and eat the bread of, 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 uh, of sorrow, of atzavim, lidido sheina. And then you give sustenance to, the, to those who are what? What's yidido sheina? This is like deprived of sleep. The interpretation of Yitzchak of this Pasuk in Tehillim is, it sounds like the women are up at night waiting for the husbands and never come home because they're at night seder till like five in the morning. So if that's the case, that's what Harashi explains it. So if that's the case, it sounds like uh, it's a contradiction to Rava. Because Rava says, Tayalim are the local Kolo guys. Sounds like the local Kolo guys aren't even coming home at night. Right? So it's true. That Rabbi Yitzchak is explaining that, yes, these women are going to get the reward in the world to come for the fact that they don't see their husbands because they are moisir nefesh for the husband to be learning in Kolel. But, but the kasha is vat, ami pirki, but you're saying that that's who is home every single night? Ah, we have Rabbi Yitzchak interpreting over here that it's in fact that they never come home. So which is it? Do they never come home or do they come home every single night? El Amar Kidarav. No. That that Metailin can't be talking about the local Kolo guys. It must be like what Rav says. The Amarav Kagon Rav Shmuel Bar Shilas, like the famous Rav Shmuel Shilas. The Achal Mididei Veshasim Mididei Veganei Betulo De Apande. He was living the life of Riley, so to speak. He was eating his own food. He was off the grid, like Ted uh, Kaczynski, the the uh, Unibomber Lahavdil. Right? He was off the grid, eating his own food, drinking his own drink, and sleeps under the shelter of his own mansion. Ganei Betulo De Apande Velo Chalif Priskat. And the king's emissary never passed by his gate. What does it mean? It means that he's self-sufficient enough that he has like a relaxed life. He doesn't have to go out to work. The, right, the tax authorities don't come to him. They don't bother him. He doesn't bother them. And so he's just home all day, every day. And that's how he liked to work it. He liked to be, to like he grew his own garden did his own thing, and therefore he didn't have to be reliant on anybody. He didn't have a boss telling him he can't take a day off. So that was who it's referring to when it's talking about the Tayalin, which is ironic because Tayalin sounds like he's right traveling around. He actually was just always home all day, every day. Okay. However, Kiasa Ravin Amar, when Ravin came from Eretz to Bubble, he explained as follows. Kigon Mifanke Dema Rava. Ooh. Yeah, the Mifanke sounds like the uh, health nuts, right? The Mifunakim. In Eretz Yisrael, right? The health nuts in Eretz Yisrael, they are so healthy, they take care of their health, that they eat all the good stuff, and they drink all the good stuff, they work out every day, and therefore they have the strength for every night, okay? Uh, what would be an extreme example of this? Rabbi Yaboah was standing in the bathhouse, and we're going to show how the superhuman strength that these Israelis had. Uh, two servants were supporting him. But the bathhouse, the whole floor gave way. So with one hand, 
he uh, as as he fell, there was a pillar, and Rabbi Yibo was able to hold the pillar, the pillar, and climbed up on it while holding his other two attendants with him, and so he had this superhuman strength. Or similarly, Rabbi Yochanan, the great god of Eretz Yisrael. So you think of him as looking like the Baba Sali, but no, Abikasali Badargi is walking up the, the, the staircase, and Ravami and Ravasi are supporting him. Abisamchale Ravami Ravasi. And he packed the darga to say this, the whole staircase falls down. So he like climbs up the staircase anyway as it's falling down. He's holding Ravami and Ravasi. They were supporting him up out of covered, but he was able to hold them. You know, if you're able to walk up the stairs and bind up, and jump up the stairs and hold us in each hand, why are we supporting you up the stairs? Like, um, like the way, you know, Zalmi um, uh, helped uh, Rabbi Dr. Alan Shik Shlita go up the stairs to get his bracha under under the chuppah when Chanedel got married. So Amr Lahu Im Kain Yeah, if I go without support, what will I leave for my old age? What is he referring to? Yeah, he wants to. He's saving his strength. In other words, yeah, you support me now, and then therefore I'll have more strength later. So he's conservation of energy, as it were. Okay, fine. So now the Po'alim. The Po'alim is twice a week. Vatanya Apo'alim Achas B'Shabbos. There's a price that says exactly not like that. It says once a week. Yeah, so the price is talking about uh, where it's in a different city, and that's why it's once a week. But we're talking about uh, where they're, doing, they're working locally, and therefore it's twice a week. Okay. Right, and then we have a brisa that says twice a week. That's when it's twice a week. That's exactly what we just said, that if you're working elsewhere, it's so then once a week. Fine. So uh, We're about to turn the page at the symbolic time of 613 and stories. Donkey drivers. What's this once a week? What, teach us this halacha, about the tayal and the poel. In other words, we're, lear- we're learning... Right, basila, but not for these two occupations. Amalei lo. In other words, why are we learning all these other occupations just for these two occupations? Basila says, right. So we're talking about whether it's one week or two weeks, but it's only really the chamarim, right, the tayel and the poel that that are doing it more. So we're learning basila just for these two. So amalei lo, not that. As we turn the page, akulhu. Basil is talking about everyone mentioned in the Mishnah, including the donkey drivers, the camel drivers, and the sailors. All of them are within this one week versus two week machlokes. Okay. The Gemara asks, What are you talking about? The sailors, we said six months, not a week. What are you talking about? So the Gemara says, Oh, yeah. The big difference is, um, did you know ahead of time? Or were you already married? Right? In other words, that pasbasala means that once you already right have have uh, experienced right you've been together so then the whole experience is different and then at that point once you've already cohabited so then the numbers change drastically as we will see in the stories be that as it may can you switch jobs can you switch from a job like in other words your wife marries you thinking that you'll be available for once a week but now you take a job where you're only going to be around once a month. So is, are you allowed to take such a job? So Abai gives an unbelievable answer. You're not allowed to take the job that leaves you at, away from home once a month because the woman would rather prefer that you make $10,000 a year and stay home with her than, than you make $100,000 a year and be away from home. Wow. 
The answer of Abaye, that's your Gavrano, it's most enrollment, that the answer of Abaye is that she would rather have you home than making more money. Interesting. Again, if she decides that's not, that she's different and that's not what she wants, so she could be Mochel. This is all, all things being equal and she's not, and you can't read, right, whether, how she feels. Okay. Now, what about these sailors? Six months. Diva Rebbe Eliezer. So Amar Brona Amar Rav. Halacha Rebbe Eliezer. Halacha is in fact like Rebbe Eliezer and our mission doesn't really quote anybody else. Amar Rav Adabar Rav Amar Rav Zudiv Rebbe Eliezer. Rav Chachamim Amrim. He'll tell you what the Chachamim say. They say, You can go out two or three years and be away from home without any Rishus. Amar Rav Adabar Adabar Hava. That, yeah, that it was, it was like the yeshiva world used to be samech on Rav Adabar Ava and go away for two, three years without seeing their wives. However, as Rashi says, they were punished for the anguish that they caused their wives for doing so. And story time. Right, Rav Chumi used to go to Rav's shirim in Mechoza. How often would he come home? Every Erev Yom Kippur, that was when he would be home. Yom Achad One day, uh, he was, the shear was so good, he forgot to come home. His wife was waiting for him, so sad. She kept saying, here he comes, maybe he'll come now, maybe he'll come now. The one time a year that he would come, be Erev Yom Kippur, you can imagine her anticipation. But he never made it home because he got too engrossed in the shear. She became depressed from this and disheartened. A little tear rolled down her cheek. And and that moment he was sigging in an attic, learning. The attic gave way, and he died. Oh, very dramatic ending. You see uh, how the, right, the culpability of causing anguish to his wife the, a true Goranowitz Muslim moment, if there ever was one, uh, the, how serious Chazal take it. A lines up from the middly wide lines. It's a week, right? The Oina, the mitzvah is from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. It says it to Hillim. This one you could recognize from Tehillim because it's in the first parak. That's what it means. Right? The fruit in the right time is referring to this. That's how they used to interpret that pasuk in Tehillim, that that's what a Tamechacham is supposed to do from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. A story. Yehuda Bereid Rechia Chasanei Rabbi Yanai. Okay, so Rabbi Yehuda, right, was the son in law of Rabbi Yanai. And he learned in Rav's yeshiva. So he did what a Tam Chacham supposed to do. Every year of Shabbos, he would come home. And when he'd come home, and he would be preceded by this, right, like, uh, like this fiery pillar. So, right, he was a big Tam Chacham. Beautiful. One day, again, he got so engrossed in his learning, he didn't come home. So it wasn't every Erev Yom Kippur. It was more frequent. But still, he's supposed to come home on Erev Shabbos, and he didn't. His father-in-law sees that the pillar of fire isn't there. So he knows his son-in-law would never, like, leave his daughter um, uh, hanging, so to speak. Right? So he assumed that he passed away. He says, Kafo mitaso, turn over his bed, a sign of Avelis, because he, he would never leave her. Right? If he was still alive, he certainly would not dilly-dally. And therefore, the fact that I don't see the fiery pillar means that he must have died. However, 
this was an application of the Pasuk in Kohelas, where we say, like, our version of Al Tiftach Pelas Satan, or there's never an error proceeding from a Shalit, a ruler, which that's what it literally means, Venach Nafshe. In other words, right, because he was a, Rabbi Yanai was a big Tamil Chacham, he said those words, even though it wasn't true. Rabbi Yanai was not, did not pass away. As a matter of fact, he was just dilly dallying, he got, he learned, was learning an extra juicy sugya. Well, as a consequence of those words being uttered by Rabbi Yanai's mouth, he actually passed away, and so he should have come home on time. Another story, Rabbi Issachle Lebrei de Rabbi Chia, Rabbi arranged for a shidduch for his son in Rabbi Chia's house. So, Kimata the of Ksuba, they're writing to write, they want to write the Ksuba, Nach Nafshad Rabisa. The Kala dies. I'm a Rabbi, Chas Vashalom Psula Ika. Maybe there was a Psula in their family. Yesiva Veinu Mishvachos, they're checking the lineage. Rabbi Asa Mishafatya Ben Avital, Rabbi Chia Asa Mishimi Achi David. Oh, I see what's going on here. Turns out, yeah, it was a mismatched shidduch, as Rashi explains. Rebbe came from Shvatya, who is the son of Avital, who in fact was a daughter of uh, David Amelech. Whereas Rebbe Chia was not the descendant of David Amelech. It was no slouch, it was Shimi, who was David Amelech's brother, but that's not David Amelech. Therefore, it was a mismatch. And from that mismatch, they were able to tell that it was not a good shidduch at all. Fine. So then also, also the very Rabbi Yossi ben Zimra said he went to arrange a shidduch with another girl. She was the daughter of Yossi ben Zimra, who was a Kohen. Okay, so Kohen is, is good enough for the house of David Amalek. So they agreed to give the chasen 12 years um, between the Kiddushan and Nisuin to study in Rav's yeshiva. So we see this 12 years of Rabbi Akiva, as we will see, was in fact customary in those days. So this is what, this is the Vard I always say, Shevon Brachos. So they say, so they, he was going to go. What, what did they used to do? This was, this was the Minagamakam. They relied on it a little too much, it sounds like. But this was the Minagamakam. They would get, do Kiddushin, and then wait 12 months. Well, remind you, they weren't married yet. They weren't married yet. So you sign uh, right on the dotted line, and now you made the Shidduch. Now you're going to have Kiddushin, and then you'll have the wedding ceremony 12 months, uh, 12 years rather later. Okay? So Achlafua Kameh. So, however... The chassan got uh, to see the kala. And as I saw the kala, he decided, you know what? I don't know if I want to wait 12 years. How about six years? Maybe we'll do the nisun in six years. Sees the kala again. Uh-oh. After the second date, he can't wait six years either. I have a better idea. Why don't we uh, get married right away? And uh, then I'll go learn. So where he's embarrassed, right? Because he sees the kala two dates. All of a sudden, he can't even wait the customary 12 years or six years, he wants to get married right away. It's embarrassing. So I'm like, B'ni, das koncha yeshbach. Yeah, you like a kaddish baruch hu. How? Because me, karek siv tevim of sitemu, right? The pasukin az yashir tevim of sitemu bahar nachlascha machon shiftacha. The original plan that they sang at the Yamsuf was that they're going to first enter Eretz Yisrael and then they're going to build the base of Mikdash and then they're going to get the Torah. That was like the original plan as outlined in Az Yashir. He couldn't wait to marry us. Uh, we are the Kala. Kala Yisrael is the Kala in this analogy. And Akash Baruch Hu couldn't wait to marry us. He wanted to wait until we got to Eretz Yisrael but he just couldn't wait. He wanted to get do the Nisuin of the Beis HaMikdash, or the Mishkan, as it were, right away, plopped it right in the middle of the desert. So it is this love that, uh, that, right, that, that caused it. So therefore, to want to marry the Kala is not a bad thing after all. So after Rebbe's son married her, he went, so sure enough, they got married right away. Then he went to learn 12 years. Also, he carried the visa, but by the time she came back, his wife was, became sterile. I'm a Rebbe, 
Negarsha? Rebbe says, now you're in a bind. What are you going to do? You're going to divorce her? Yomra Niyazu L'Shavshim. They say, ay, what a nebuch. He, she waited 12 months for nothing. Ninsev Issa Achrisi. What are you going to do? You're going to marry another woman? Yomra Zu Yishtu V'zu Zunso. Right? They're going to say that this original Kala is just there for Znus because this new wife is the one that you can have build a family with. So they, you went in a bind. What do you do? You daven. And she was healed. Right? And she was able to be healed. So we'll discuss tomorrow. We'll start with Rechinana. Uh, Rav Hananya ben Chachinai and the stories therein of this 12 year interval the story of Rabbi Kiva famously when he comes back and he sees that uh, what his wife said with regarding to with Kalba Savua and all, all of his Talmidim uh, where we continue tomorrow Be'ezrat Hashem